Welcome to the Market Pulse podcast from Equifax, where we break down the latest economic and credit insights to help you navigate today's business landscape. Welcome to the Market Pulse podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Doe, Product Marketing Director for our risk portfolio here at Equifax, and I'm glad to be back and part of the conversation. Looking into 2023, the economy definitely remains top of mind. While various indicators led us to believe we may be staring down a recession in 2023, that now remains unclear. Early holiday shopping indicators seem to show that consumers are willing to spend at pre-pandemic levels, and we're seeing credit card debt levels return to pre-pandemic volume as well. With student loan deferments further into 2023, where does that leave us? And how can lenders continue to responsibly find new opportunities during this challenging time? We'll explore this and more in a multi-part series with one of our favorite guests returning to share his expertise. Chris Doritas is Deputy Chief Economist at Moody's Analytics, and we welcome him back. Hey, Chris, good to have you. Hi, Catherine. How are you? I'm great. Thanks. It's been a minute, but we're glad to have you back and looking ahead into 2023. We'll just dive right in. There's been a lot of uncertainty with the economy. I'm sure that's what you're advising on a lot. And this idea of uh, are we, aren't we, will we, won't we find ourselves in a recession in 2023. But it now sounds like we may be looking further ahead to 2024. Uh, So I'm curious, what's Moody's Analytics perspective on will we, won't we? When, When will we? Yeah, lots of questions there. Yeah. The economy clearly is slowing here, certainly relative to the start of the year. You can see that pretty clearly in the labor market. Mm-hmm. Although we just got another uh, report uh, recently for the month of November, and uh, payroll growth was still relatively strong. It's weaker than it was at the start of the year. And the rate hikes that the Fed has been uh, introducing have yet to be fully digested. So we do expect to see a slowing in uh, 2023 as well. Whether or not we actually land into recession really depends on a number of other factors. I think it's we're in a, in a risky position here. We're kind of right on the knife's edge. We could skirt by with just a slowing in the economy, slowdown in, in the labor market without a more widespread uh, type of recession. Uh, the risks are elevated, right? Any other thing goes wrong here, we get another oil price shock, another wave of uh, COVID, something else happens. Uh, we don't have a lot of breathing room to really guard against a, a more widespread recession. So again, our baseline is that we, we kind of skate by, but uh, with a lot of risk uh, to the downside at this point. So you mentioned a few things that could throw us into recession, things unexpected. I'm curious to dip in a little bit more into consumer spending and consumer behavior, some of the things that may cause huge uh, shifts in spending patterns. I was reading an article about how some companies are looking at this idea of the lipstick index that uh, we had all gotten to know back in the previous recession. So what can you tell us about uh, consumer spending habits and patterns and what we might see in the next year? I think to to start off with, we're already seeing consumers changing their behavior, right, in the the face of this very high level of inflation, right? Inflation got as high as 9% this year uh, based on the consumer price index on a year-over-year basis. It's been moderating since then. We're down to 7.7%, which is an improvement, but still incredibly high. What we're seeing is that uh, consumers are uh, shifting their behavior, and those shifts really depend on which consumers we're talking about, right? So if we look in aggregate, U.S. consumer looks uh, actually pretty good. We're still spending, even after we account for uh, inflation, still positive. They're still out there and supporting the economy in, the, in that way. But if you look a little bit uh, deeper into the consumer data, what you see is a real 
difference in patterns between folks at the upper end of the income distribution and those at the lower end. We have a lot of savings, excess savings we call them, particularly for folks at the upper end of the uh, distribution. Uh, during the pandemic, we weren't doing a lot of spending, so that allow, allowed us to, to save more. Upper income households also benefited from higher house prices, higher stock prices, and a, a fairly strong uh, labor market here. So that reduction in spending plus some additional income or asset appreciation helped them accumulate some wealth. And that has allowed them to maintain spending throughout this period of, of high inflation. That's not to say that inflation doesn't matter. Of course, everyone re responds to it, but clearly those higher income households have a bigger cushion and they're also shifting their spending back to where they were prior to the pandemic in terms of doing more travel, going to restaurants, doing the things that they might have uh, done in the past that they had to give up uh, during the pandemic itself. So that group as a whole is uh, is really supporting uh, much of the overall spending growth, right? About uh, what is the top 20% of households by income account for about 40% of all spending. So what they do matters uh, from an overall macroeconomic perspective, but it's not representative of everyone. If you look at the bottom 20% of households, they are really stressed, financially stressed at this point. They have essentially run out of their uh, savings and are increasingly tapping into credit just to, uh, just to keep up with the necessities of life. These lower income households also tend to be more exposed to inflation in terms of gas prices. They can't work from home. They have to commute. They tend to be more renters, right? So they're very much exposed to those higher rent increases versus uh, a homeowner may, who may have locked in uh, their mortgage payments. And so you're seeing their spending patterns adjust uh, pretty radically here, right? They are still spending as well. It's not that they're not, but they're having to, again, tap into savings, tap into credit in order to support that spending. And they are shifting more to discount stores or really trying to uh, maximize their budgets as they work through this uh, difficult time here in terms of high inflation. One bright spot, I would say, is that the wages have been um, rising fairly rapidly for that lower income group. So that is providing some benefit. But again, it's not enough to quite offset all the challenges they face from higher inflation. Those patterns are there. In terms of the lipstick effect, oh, this is a really old indicator. It actually goes back to the Great Depression, right? And was the oh, idea... Before my time. <laughs> <laughs> mine too, mine too. Uh, the idea here is that in a time of stress, in a time of recession, people cut back certainly on all their spending, right? They're economizing, they're mm -hmm. battening down the hatches, they're really trying to deal with a difficult situation. Uh, but to the extent they can, they'll splurge on some small luxury, like a, uh, a lipstick. It's not a necessity, but still, if you have a little bit of room in your budget, you go out and uh, certainly there, there's, uh, there's maybe some room for, for that type of um, activity. So today, I don't know if, it, if, if the lipstick analogy still applies, because I think the cosmetics industry actually did pretty well during the pandemic with Zoom. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but... <laughs> So maybe it's more of a latte or uh, index here mm. where people will splurge on kind of smaller but pricey coffees, again, to uh, satisfy that need to, to be together, to want to, to celebrate, uh, certainly. Uh, they'll look for those smaller luxuries, if you will. Do you have the tools you need for adequate forecasting and risk management? Start with the differentiated consumer credit insight and credit trends by Equifax. Credit Trends is a powerful intelligence tool that delivers the holistic perspective you need to better understand your portfolio and trends in today's changing economic conditions. Learn more about Credit Trends through the link in our show notes. Knowing that a portion of consumers are doing quite well 
and a portion are mm -hmm. perhaps on the verge of struggling if they're not struggling already. How can lenders begin to shift either their strategy, their practices, um, look at their portfolio to make sure that they're meeting consumers where they're at, but also finding some area of responsible growth and opportunity in what can be a challenging period over this next year and beyond? Although there are challenges, uh, certainly with uh, with inflation, as I mentioned, there are some uh, parts of the economy that continue to show strength. And household balance sheets overall, again, are uh, are in, in relatively good shape. If inflation does continue to trend down, that's going to open up uh, more possibilities in the future. So a lender doesn't want to cut off all credit at this point. There are still certainly opportunities to lenders certainly demand for their, their products as well. I think what this uh, environment really calls for is to be even more judicious and targeted than ever. You really can't count on the economy bailing you out in the future. It is, 2023 is going to be a, a rough year one way or the other, whether, again, whether or not we go into recession formally or not, it's going to be a, a challenge uh, for many households. From that standpoint, a lender really has to be uh, very targeted, very judicious, have to really rely on uh, more tools, more data to really understand the specific uh, consumers that they are, are lending to. There are opportunities throughout the demographic spectrum, right? So you can certainly lend to higher income households as well as low income households, but it just has to be on the right terms. You have to have a broad view of the, or a full view of the picture of the household finances, which can come from better data sets, better tools. We have a bit more uh, at our disposable disposal today to really understand where consumers are and what their risks are uh, going forward. Lastly, I know you do plenty of consulting as part of your role, and I'm curious, what do you think you're not being asked that you should be? What What are your clients not asking you at Moody's Analytics that you think they should be to be more prepared for what could be a tough year? Well, I guess I'll answer that in, in kind of two ways. One, in the short term, sure. I think lenders obviously are very concerned about the future and they're really focused on the risks, right? So what parts of the country are more uh, exposed? Which industries should we be really uh, focused on in terms of slowdown or default uh, propensity? And that makes a lot of sense going into into this environment. We do want to focus on the risks. But uh, I think we also need to, at this point, think start to think about opportunities that will present themselves going forward. So that would be number one. Second of all, I, I would say uh, lenders often aren't are really focused on the short term, and I think we also need to be keeping an eye on the uh, on the longer term here. So we have a number of demographic trends, other structural shifts in the economy that uh, we really want to be paying attention to. Again, as we think about longer term strategic planning and and uh, the opportunities that will be presented from an aging uh, population, from uh, a workforce that is going to have to face more automation challenges in the future. So there are a number of areas where a lender wants to should be mindful and uh, think about how to best position themselves for that future growth opportunity. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Chris. We certainly appreciate it. Equifax and Moody's Analytics partner on our credit forecast solution, which provides rich insight into how the U.S. and local economies affect consumer credit behavior and performance through a full spectrum of consumer credit services. You can learn more at creditforecast.com. Also, be sure to check out and register for our Market Pulse monthly webinar series. You can find that at equifax.com forward slash Market Pulse. And lastly, let us know how we're doing and what you might like to hear more about in the future in episode episodes of this podcast. You can email our team at marketpulsepodcast at equifax.com. Thanks so much, and we'll catch you next time.
The information and opinions provided in this podcast are intended as general guidance only and are subject to change without notice. The views presented during the podcast are those of the presenter as of the date this podcast was recorded and do not necessarily reflect official positions of Equifax. Investor analysts should direct inquiries using the contact us box on the investor relations section at Equifax.com.